Hello everybody, my name is Rahim Jasani and welcome back to a new episode of The Unfortunate Truth. This week's topic is mental health, its importance, the stigmatization, and how it is involved in every aspect of society. But personally, I wanted to learn more about the South Asian story of mental health, because it's personal, because our problems that our, our community deals with today, you know, such as racism, isn't openly talked about. We don't do discussions, we simply put things in the back of our minds and leave it. And that is why for today's episode, I wanted to learn more about this dilemma in the South Asian community. That is why I'm excited to talk about these subjects with our special guest, Miss Natasha Chundo. Uh, she's a comedian, a podcast host, actress, and a TV writer for Mr. Iglesias, which a new season is now on Netflix. Um, so definitely take a look at that, guys. Um, and she's here to give her insights on South Asian mental health, representation in media, and anti-blackness. So we have a lot of things to cover today. So I'm just going to get started, Natasha. Um, so my first question for you is that, as you know, in American media, there's less um, South Asians on larger platforms or more li- likely to be like in the background. Um, although we've seen some change, you know, with Hasan Minaj and Kumail Nanjani and, you know, have we progressed when it comes to South Asians being represented in media or, or are we still where we're at? I mean, we're definitely making progress. Uh you know, even before Hassan's um, homecoming king, Mindy Kaling had the Mindy Project. And we've had, you know, pioneer South Asian actors who've led the way for us, like Asif Manthi and, uh, you know, Sarita Chaudhary and uh, lots of people who have sort of um, made their mark uh, so that we can grow. And I think, I mean, how can we say we haven't made progress when, when never have I ever became the, you know, one of Netflix's top 10 shows in every major market around the world. Um, I think that was a testament to uh, our progress and the kinds of storytelling that, that we're able to do if people give us the opportunity to. That's a, that's a fair response. Um, and one, so you're a writer, right? You're a writer, an actress, and a comedian. And so when it, so when you're in the room, right, writing, creating content, um, especially because this is a funny show, um, and so do have you have you ever had to write like a joke about the stereotypical Indian family or something along those lines? Because I feel like a lot of pe- at least Americans have um, the perception in their head that you know, they think of Apu from the Simpsons joke or something along those lines, rather than hey, we're a group of different you know beliefs and ethnicities and cultures, and just generalize us. Uh, I mean, uh, I write on um, Netflix's Mr. Iglesias, so that's a Latinx show. We haven't had um, necessarily uh, an Indian storyline in that way. I'm a, I'm very lucky our showrunner is not that person. Yeah, just in, just in general, like, have you ever been? In general, I haven't, um, but I think that's also because I'm very vocal. I, I really do believe it is the responsibility of the writer to gently um, sort of bust down those myths. Like when somebody says that, I actually tell people very directly when I get approached to develop projects for them, I always say, um, I'm not gonna be the person that uh, can write you an arranged marriage story. You might be surprised to know this. I find the most arranged marriage and cliche stories come from South Asian writers. And uh, I think that's because people are trying to just sell a project or they're trying to appease, you know, that there, there's an entire thing of internalizing the aggressor um, where we end up giving them what we think that they want. 
um, when I had the opportunity, like I wrote and created um, the very first uh, scripted Indian web series on the internet, um, which is Mumbai Chopra. Mumbai Chopra, right? Is that what it is? Yeah, Mumbai Chopra, oh. Misadventures of a Knit Girl. And I created that 10 years ago, and the character was created because I said, I don't want the stereotypical yeah. character of Indians where she's portrayed as like the nerdy best friend or the one that nobody wants to be with. She was funny, she was sexy, she was the lead. She was a little ditzy, like not like the typical smart Indian girl. And the whole story had nothing to do with her being Indian. Her name was Mumbai Chopra after Paris Hilton. <laughs> and, it, and it was, what I was trying to show people is, hey, you can have a regular American story yeah. that happens to be, the, the character happens to be an Indian girl. So in that show, there's nothing about arranged marriages or any of these sort of cliche stereotypes we're used to, to seeing. Um, there's only like more, you know, spiritual jokes and sexual connotations. So uh, I always find it's a responsibility of the writer to make sure we are the creators. So if we create the characters that sort of keep um, pushing the stereotypical narrative forward, that's on us. Can't blame them. That's fair. Yeah. I think obviously writers have a big contribution to like the transition from, you know, because before in like, I want to say in the early 2000s, like these jokes were just typically common in a lot of shows, right? And now we've, we've transitioned into focusing away from that. Um, and you talked about a lot of these shows. Um, I want to mention two of them and get your thoughts on them. Hopefully you've seen them or at least heard about them. One is obviously uh, Never Have I Ever. Love it. You love it? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Especially when it comes to the question I was asking. I, I love the show. I'm from Mississauga. Oh, really? Um, okay. I, uh, you know, Rich as a friend. Uh, I know a lot of people on that show. Um, brilliant show. I think it's a great way for people, again, to just sort of break the stereotype of what a teenage Indian girl is. You know, my mom um, said, you know, I really like this show, but I don't know why they're showing this girl um, obsessed with sex. And I said, Ma, I'm sorry. And like, my mom is super progressive and really cool. Opposite of my mom, completely opposite. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I always say, let's, uh, my thing is like, I'm very lucky. Like, I can't tell the stereotypical story because I don't have that. Like, my parents are, you know, mostly pretty progressive. I've dated all different types of people. I can say whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. And uh, I mean, with rules, but you know. Uh, but that show I love because they, they show just like a typical girl experience. And my mom was like, oh my God, so much sex. And I was like, yeah, what do you think a 16 year old is thinking about, ma? <laughs> I was like, what do you think my boy and girl cousins, you know, in India, like I see their Instagram stories and it's always like these thirsty pictures. <laughs> my 14 year old girl cousin is like literally like pouting to camera and I just laugh. I'm like, yeah, who do you think that's for? Like her girl best friend? Like, no, it's to some dude. Um, and so I, I think it's a, a really awesome portrayal. I love the diversity in the show. Um, it's very funny and super touching. Uh, and I think it's South Asians we need to support this content so that more of it gets made. Um, you know, the, the black community is very, very good about that. Um, it is something that we are learning to do now, but should have learned to do 15 years ago. Um, but uh, 
black community rallies around their content. Um, and so that, you know, the world knows that there's a market for it. Um, then of course the Asian community did that for crazy rich Asians. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then another show that I think I, maybe you've heard of, or at least watched, I don't know, uh, four more shots. Yeah. Yeah. Have you watched that? I have, yeah. And then what are your thoughts about uh, that? Because that's, that's up to the level where you were talking about where this is definitely not a stereotypical in, you know, South Asian. Yeah, but, and that's, can I tell you, so I go to Bombay a lot. Um, I spend, you know, my parents spend um, four months out of the year uh, in Bombay. We have a home there. So they go there a lot and I go to see them. I have a lot of friends there. Um, I used to be part of a Sean McDavers dance company. Um, I was his first international dancer and instructor. So I've trained out there with him. Uh, I know a lot about the community out there. They are more progressive than we are. They are way more ahead of the curve than we are. The Bombay community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, what, in what aspect? Would you, in what, what, what ways? Well, and like what you're seeing in Four More Shots, mm-hmm. like that is how it is there. Like I'll be going to bars and people are you know, groups of people are drinking till whatever hour people, my, my friends talk about Tinder over there and hookups. And I'm like, Oh, you y'all are just hooking up. And they're like, not even like dating, just hooking up. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you know? And like the, the new sort of feminist movement that's, um, that's coming through there. So it seems like it wouldn't happen some of the stuff in four more shots, but I actually think it it it's much more common. Like I know people getting divorces and uh, living with their partners before they're married. Um, so a lot of that stuff is um, is pretty on point. Uh, I, I love seeing, you know, Indian girls in awesome fucking stylish outfits. And, you know, it's a very sex in the city type show. Um, but I think it, again, tackles a lot of subjects we are um, scared of talking about. Yeah, um, that's fair. You know, so I, I appreciate any of those shows that give us something different. Yeah, it's totally just on a whole, I don't even want to say breaking stereotypes, but just creating like this whole new like personality. Like this can happen. And it's because it's like, at least for like, I had that same old like, pers- I didn't even know Bombay was like this. And this is exactly how it is. Because they were portraying this to show the larger community that, hey, these stereotypes aren't true. Um, and then moving on from that, I want to talk about your... This is just one quick question about your transition um, as a writer um, or, or an actor or comedian. Uh, you know, you're go especially in America, because you're in, in a field of, of success where there are, again, like less, you know, I, less South Asians compared to other groups, obviously. So how did you how did how did that you know, transition work where you had to go into a place where there are less people like you? Um, I've been in entertainment for as long as I can remember. I got my first job in television when I was 16 years old in production at a, you know, one of the local channel of our biggest network. And uh, I always sort of pushed back when growing up, my dad said brown girls are not in entertainment. Indian girls don't act, Indian girls don't get into this. So I, um, you know, I was a very smart kid, but I ended up giving my parents what they needed. I gave them their their maths and sciences and I got all early acceptance into science programs and scholarships. And But I chose 
my path, which was I decided to go to university for radio and television arts. I, I basically showed them that this could be a career. Um, they didn't believe it in the beginning until they saw my first TV credit. And then they were like, oh, that's our daughter's name. And I was like, yeah, this can happen. Um, it's hard for sure. It's hard yeah. when people don't get you. I think it was a little easier in Canada um, in terms of uh, not access, but the Indian community or South Asian community is very, um, they're the largest ethnic minority in Canada. So it's like Hispanics in America. So people know our culture there. So there's no yeah. like, I have to explain things to people. In America, it was a bit more like that. Like when I was at MTV News and I was a producer writer, um, I was the person who broke Priyanka Chopra. Nobody knew Priyanka. I did her. Yeah, because it's like even she in her in, in an interview was like, "Oh, I had I had to explain to people who I was. Hey, I'm a Bollywood actor. You know, I'm pretty so famous. I had to sell her to my boss. Yeah, yeah. Go to me twice, and then I was like, "No, no, I'm telling you, she's huge. Yeah, she's huge. <laughs> I know her plan for." And so it was like this whole thing I had, and they, they let me do the interview, but they put me in a corner where like they would never put a big celebrity like her. Um, so they put us in a separate area. They didn't give me a proper recording studio, like a studio to record the interview in. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, and now fast forward, they cover every single thing she does. And yeah. so it's just like, oh, you're, yeah, you're welcome. I gave you that. Um, so there, there was always like, I've always received some pushback for people who didn't understand um, our culture. Um, but, uh, you know, you got to just keep persevering if you want to be in this business. Um, Mumbai Chopra was an example of something people just didn't understand. Like, you know, they were like, Mumbai Chopra. So it's set in Mumbai. And I'm like, would you say that to Paris? Like, her name is Paris Hilton. This chick's name is Mumbai Chopra. It's a joke oh okay 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 so like she's like it's set in india holy fuck i don't get what you know just watch it just watch this fucking clip she has an american accent it has nothing to do with that so it's like we are constantly sort of breaking people's perceived um you know judgments about us uh but we have to keep doing it and it's tough it can be tough at times i wish sometimes there were more people like me but um but i'm also like I, I just i wouldn't be able to do anything else so yeah that's that is that is fair you made me laugh many times on the show which is highly <laughs> um i shouldn't do that because of the mic but that's okay you're very funny <laughs> um okay so i'm gonna transition from the south asian representation like i said i, I wanted to talk about recent um events that have been going on um and as you know you posted about this uh sushant singh rajput passed away he committed suicide um and so what were your initial thoughts when you like when you heard that especially with all of this going on right now the you know the constant death of of rishi kapoor and then irfan khan and now now this i mean you know rishi kapoor and irfan khan um obviously the deaths were horrible medical causes you know kind of makes you it, it it makes it easier to sort of grasp a little bit um so sean singh i think really rocked a lot of people i mean when i woke up and saw it i was like what this no way mm -hmm. um 34 
somebody like him, the way he looks, people think, oh, he's, he's already made it. Why would he ever want to do this? Um, it was very heartbreaking, mostly because I just felt, I felt so, so sad for the people who feel alone. And especially in our business, like I, I've been wary to say it out loud because I'm not sure exactly what led him to feel so alone i wouldn't be surprised if part of the business had something to do with it um you know the the bollywood community in india needs a lot of fixing um it's ruthless it's um not supportive could you define ruthless and like what do you mean by this it's everything you think you hear you know, look, I'm from, I'm an outsider. I don't, and I'm in America, so I only I should just see Shah Rukh Khan on stage, and I'm like, hey, this is Shah Rukh Khan on stage. Nothing more to uh, it. Yeah, I mean, you know, the idea of it being cutthroat and actors after each other and your frenemies, you know, um, people doing things, promising things, taking it away, mm-hmm. competitiveness. I mean. Casting couches are still a thing in India, you know, as much as everybody's trying to act like it's not, it's a total fucking thing. Um, there's a reason Me Too became so big in India amongst the Bollywood community, nepotism. So even somebody as talented as Sushant might have felt the pressure that, how can I make it if like this guy keeps hiring his friend or his brother or his this guy's daughter gets to make it because she was born into a family where people like you and I, who've come up from nothing, just are constantly pushing. And it doesn't matter how talented you are, um, especially over there. Um, You know, if you're a model, you become an actor. Um, And it's like, where's the training? Uh, And so I I wouldn't be surprised if that had anything to do with it. I I mean, I'm sure it's a, a, a compounded sort of thing, but our community doesn't talk about suicide mental health issues i mean how many brown people can you know that you know you went to your parents and said like hey i need to talk to a therapist and they're like you'll figure it out you don't need to talk to anybody you're good what are you complaining about your parents were very like progressive but then how were they when it came to mental health i mean and that's the thing as a teenager they didn't get it. So I, I have always been open on my own podcast about um, my struggles when I was younger, especially with uh, depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so as a teenager, uh, I was very depressed at one point. And um, I went to my mom and I said, hey, ma, I think I need to talk to somebody. And she said the words, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll figure it out. And my mom is in the med- is in he- like healthcare, and oh. my mom is progressive. So you can imagine if somebody like her had that response. And so what I like, I got lucky that for me, I decided, okay, well, if I can't go to therapy on my own, I'm gonna try to figure out why I'm feeling like this. And so I started doing a lot of self work and reading books, and you know trying to figure out what the root cause was. And then when I finally got of an age and I got older and I moved out, I went to therapy. And, and here's the best part. Therapy not only made my life better, it's made my, parent, my relationship with my parents better because I could come back to them and they were like, how did therapy go? And I said, oh, you know what I learned was 
when this happened when we were kids is how this affected me. And this is why I made some of these choices. And they were like, oh, oh my God, I didn't realize my part as a parent in what was happening to you. And so like my parents and I have come to our own sort of, um, you know, peace, I guess, uh, through therapy. But these are things that the South Asian community doesn't talk about, like helping each other, mental health, suicide, depression, like people are sad and it's normal to be sad, but, but people need an outlet and it's okay. Uh, I mean, I have friends who have postpartum depression and they won't go see a therapist. And I'm like, dude, you're telling everybody else they need to go. Again, people in health administration but they won't go themselves. And a big part is, you know, we're sometimes scared of the things that we're going to have to face if we go into therapy and we open up that Pandora's box. But one thing I will tell everybody, if anybody's out there listening and contemplating if they should go or not go, is it's the way I sort of told myself is short-term pain for long-term gain is like, you'll feel a fucking lot in the beginning you are going to be overwhelmed almost with like, holy shit, this is why I've been like this. And then you will come out of it. Um, And you will come out of it. And if you are out there going through something like Sushant went through, feeling alone, feeling depressed, feeling anxious, feeling suicidal, call someone, call a professional. You are loved. Um, Like, even if you don't think anybody out there loves you, like I'm raising my hand right now, like I love you, like I don't know you to have to love you, but I do. And so people need to know that they're not alone and that their life matters and and there is hope. Um, You can get out of it. If somebody like me could also get out of it, um, there's lots of avenues to get out of it. That's a very, very amazing response. I like that because a lot of people are not like, hey, I don't know, I don't know this person. I don't have, I don't have any loyalties towards them. I shouldn't help them. But at the end of the day, it's, it's about helping each other rather than focusing on oneself. You, you, and you answered all those mental health questions I was going to ask. So that's nice as well. Um, and so I want to also talk about, especially like in the in the United States right now, Black Lives Matter is being, you know, um, it's 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 a, it's a big part right now of American society. Um, and then. W- different racial groups are looking within like what is our legacy when it comes to anti-blackness and South Asians are no um, they're not spared when it comes to that have you seen a change when it comes to and um, especially now anti-blackness when it comes to beauty right because there's you know fair and cream fair and uh, lovely cream in you know in India and and there's a constant I feel like you know from either with Bollywood actors models of hey get fairer skin it's better for you do you think that's changed or have, or do you think these industries should be held accountable? No. Okay. So not in your head. Okay. It's stupid. Um, it's something I say in my standup, um, where I've said, uh, you know, people are like Indians always get so up. Like I could see their faces, like get super uptight when I tell them that I've had black boyfriends. And so when I talk about like, I'm a very sex forward person. I don't give a shit. Um, and so I've said, I'm like, well, if I've had black boyfriends, I've had sex. And so, so whenever I say that, I see their faces and I'm like, I always get like, it always makes me laugh that like brown people get so weirded out when I say I've been with black people. Cause half of our country is black. 
<laughs> and most, I would say like probably more than half of, of India, for example, is black. Um, we're the same shade as black people are. And it's insane that, that we think somebody is better or not better. Like, you know, back in the day, it used to be, oh, well, if you, you know, were upper class and rich, you were inside your home. And so you didn't get exposed to the sun. And the people who were your workers were exposed to the sun. And so they had darker skin. And it's like, that's not the fucking reality now. We're all fucking doing every job known to man. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, we're holding on to shit from centuries ago. Yeah. Irrelevant. And I'll be honest with you, like, it, it one, you know, skin color doesn't obviously make somebody a good person. So who cares? Um, and, and as a, as a light skinned Indian, um, I admit that I've had the privilege. I've had privilege because people have said literally the words to me, oh my God, like, and this is an American thing. This hasn't happened to me in Canada because in Canada, people are, are used to all types of Indians, I think more than they are in America. And, uh, you know, in America, I got told, well, wait, you're Indian? But you're light-skinned. I literally had somebody say that to me. I've had people say to me, oh my God, you're Indian, but you're pretty. No, what the fuck are you on? Like, but it's because, you know, all of these things of like, there's a natural colorism in people's head. They assume, um, and so I admit the privilege of that. Like, I, I know that, that I've been, probably been able to blend in more um, than my, like some of my friends have. Um, but yeah, the anti-blackness thing, you know, one thing I'll say is like, I took part in some South Asian groups, um, in entertainment that were discussing some of this. And one thing, um, I told sort of the, the young people there was we can sit here and, and try to lecture our parents. And we could be like, because, you know, the big conversation was like, how do I convince my parents that Black people matter and Black people are equal and Black I was like, forget your parents. What about you? You and your friends. Because the truth of the matter is, even within our age group, Gen Z and millennials, like brown people, we're racist. <laughs> like, I've had to stop my own friends so many times from saying things like, you know, I, I don't want to be offensive, but like those Kalilog, they do blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Like you think that they're loud and blast music and do whatever. I'm like, what do you think they think they think of Punjabis or like white people? That, so I'm like, you're not that different. Yeah. And anytime we're starting to think that we are better than another community, remember that you're next is what I keep reminding people. Like, Indians of Indians, Pakistanis of any of any of the races should be more empathetic towards the the journey and plight of Black people because of colonial Britain. The fact that we were slaves in our own country and we were ransacked and we were made poor and the reason places like India and Pakistan are so poor now is because we were ransacked. 250 years ago, they took all, like, did, do people even know that, it, that former India, which was Pakistan and India together, we made up 24% of the world's GDP. 
just us alone. It is why the entire world was discovered trying to find India. America was discovered trying to find India. Canada was discovered trying to find India. Like half of the world has been discovered trying to find India. And when they finally did, and they ransacked it, you're seeing the effects of it now, where if you go to India and Pakistan, there are communities that can never come up because they, you don't have money, you don't have infrastructure, you don't have any of that. So how could we not understand the plight of black people who have faced that in their own country? And they don't have anywhere else to go because they came on slave ships. Their names were stripped from them. Their identities were stripped from them. They have no idea where they come from. And then to say, well, you know, go back home to Africa. Africa's not their home. They've been here for 400 years. This is the only home that they know. This is where their entire lineage is. And they have been oppressed in their own country and we don't understand that. And from the same people, by the way, it was colonial, you know, America was colonialized by the British. And so it was the same people that did that to them and somehow we don't get it. And we're like, oh, black people. Ooh, kale log. Oh, blah, blah. And I, I mean, I yelled at my, that group and I said, stop. And I, this is going to be a tough thing I say. But don't stop trying to fuck a black guy and not bring him home. Like, this is a huge thing. Every, I have a lot of black friends. All the black guys I know have actually said to me, like the ones that I dated said to me when I first started dating them, which is why I realized that there was a pattern. And Hassan Minich talked about it also in his, um, in his, uh, you saw the post video he made. Um, they've said, they're like, oh yeah, well you can date a black guy, but can you bring a black guy home? Which made me realize this is a pattern. And he talked about it too which is we exoticize and fetishize black people as much as white people fetishize brown people. And so you can't go and get your fix on a sexual level with them, but then not bring them home because you're like, oh, my dad is going to kick me out of the fucking family. Fuck you. Like, if you don't have the balls to handle your dad, get the fuck out of here. Don't use somebody else and demean somebody's humanity to get some dick, like get the fuck out of here. You know, that shit I'm not cool with at all and I'll be pretty harsh about it because awesome. I'm somebody who like, I've, I've, my parents have known about everybody I've dated and God help me if they ever said anything that would have been considered racist because they know not to because I have told this. And I make a joke that like my parents are scared of me and that's not because I do anything, but it's because I stand up for what's right. And, and I, I implore, young South Asian community to do the same thing. We appropriate black culture. We never give credit for it. You know, how many, you, how many brown boys do you know that are listening to rap music, saying all the words, but then we'll talk shit about the black community. You know them, I know them, I grew up with them. You know, same thing, Indian girls are the, the other way where it'll be like, again, dating the guys, but then not, bringing them home. Um, you, you just can't have that double standard. And I, I appreciate that everybody's waking up now, but maybe our parents are a lost cause and we might not be able to fix them. But we as a young community speak out to each other. And the next time you hear somebody talking smack, like stop them. 
because sometimes all people need is a little, hey man, that's not cool. That, that's fucked up. Don't say it. Moving on. You know, we don't need to demonize people, but we can stop them. I like angry rant. No, I, I I loved the rant. It was it was amazing. I actually uh I did a thirty five minute episode on exactly what you said, but it was very political and very boring. Um, you did it in you know in less than five minutes, and it was very entertaining. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. Um, and that was actually my final question for you. So thank you so much for being on the show, Natasha. I really appreciate it. Um, I know all of our fans do. I definitely learned a lot, and I, I hope. Um, you guys did as well. Um, and please go check out season two of Mr. Iglesias. It's out now. Um, she is a writer on the show. And again, you know, if you laugh a lot during, you know, this episode, you're definitely going to laugh a lot during the show. Please go watch it and uh, stay tuned for next week's episode. See